Hello and welcome to the Eastbourne Theatre's podcast. My name's Tom and I'll be your host for this week. We've got a really exciting episode lined up for you today. I was lucky enough to catch up with Trevor Payne, creator of That'll Be The Day, to talk a bit about the show, what makes it such an enduring favourite, and its incredible 35-year legacy. And, later on, fresh from his Broadway debut, I'll be talking to the one and only Darren Brown about Showman, his first brand new live show in six years. So do be sure to stick around because you won't want to miss that. I'm here with Trevor Payne, uh, creator and star of That'll Be The Day. You've just come off stage, essentially, from Eastbourne, celebrating a whopping 35 years of That'll Be The Day. Well, what a return it was, uh, Tom. It was a it was quite extraordinary. The, the you know the the relief of people. I think being in a big crowd and actually uniting together and hearing live music and having a lot of fun and laughing and it's just magical. The the uh, the, the, the the night last night was one of those ones we remember. We haven't we didn't actually play uh, Eastbourne. We hadn't realised but for, for five years. So it was like a welcome and everybody got to get just. The, the atmosphere, I can't describe it. Everybody on stage was absolutely super hyped up for it. So uh, it was marvellous, yeah. So obviously you're celebrating the big 35, and that's a, that's an unbelievably impressive uh, number of years to keep it going. Um, what is it that you think that has kept the show so sort of fresh, enjoyable and accessible for, for people of all ages over all these years? Well, it, it's got to go to the music. Uh, the, the, the music that we play is... is we, are, we are unashamedly... A nostalgia show, so we're dealing with pe- people's memories, and the people who come to the show it evokes their memories of maybe when they met their partner or boyfriends and husbands, all sorts of stuff, and 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 just things that they remember from their youth. We 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 play chronologically. We we we'll, we'll start off with rock with the rock and roll years, as that's where it all began. Of course, so, you know, latter day pop music is, is starts starts in the late fifties. And then we move through the decades. And so people pick up on this and pick up on that. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Or I remember this. And then the other one of the other things that I don't think any other show that's touring uh, is able to do is that we're able to change the show completely every year and bring out a new production, which, which, uh, which means that our fans want to come back and see the new production every year. And hopefully over the years, we've improved that production to a higher level, both in uh, the technically and with the personnel that we've got, we've got a fantastic cast now of uh, multi-talented people. We've got four multi-instrumentalists in the band, so which are able to inter-swap instruments. They all can sing fantastically well in different in different styles. So there's nothing we can't do. We've got two uh, beautiful girls who who, who who make up the front line, but but the back line, if you like, the the, the musicians and the front lines, they 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 sort of move in and out from each other. So you'll see one minute, you'll see the drummer on the drums, and next minute he'll be playing, he'll be a part of the harmony of the group at the front and vice versa. So it's a, it, it, it's a complicated show, very complicated in, in, in the way that it's put together. We like, to, we like to cover all the bases, and I think having the mixture of laughter and these, and these incredibly lovely songs that we're privileged to be able to play and actually and put together, we take so much care and attention to get the sounds exactly right that I think that's the that's the uh, the joy of that'll be the day and it's a it just builds everybody into a crescendo and they love it so much they they, they want to come back and see see the next one. You're a South Coast uh, local. You're from Worthing. Is that that's correct? Is it? Yeah, I'm originally from Worthing in Sussex. Yeah, and uh, I, I 
left there when I was, I think I was about 18 when I left there, and I went into London. I'll tell you a quick story, Tom. I did. Uh, we were we were employed by a guy called Louis Brown, who was a sort of a bit of a white boy. He owned the clubs in London, and he said, "Come and play at the Scots at St James, which was the place to be in the sixties. All the hierarchy of pop music would always come down to this club. So you had the elite pop stars going down there, and he put Stevie Wonder on for one night, and uh, and we were the support to Stevie. Stevie little he was called Little Stevie Wonder. And he just had the record Uptight came out." And we went down, we were playing all covers, all pop music of everybody else. And then we looked at the audience and we had everybody that was in the audience, Phil McCartney and John Lennon and the Who and the Kinks and the Hollies and everybody that was anybody was in the audience. And we, at that time, being much younger than we are now, we, um, we, we sort of bottled it. <laughs> we ended up playing country and western songs, which, which wasn't great. You know? That was the first ever performance in this country of Little Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, fantastic. Could you could you just really uh, briefly give us a quick sort of potted history of of that'll be the day? Like, how did the idea first come? I mean, you mentioned the nostalgia. Obviously, it's music that you care about an awful lot. But what was it that just sort of got that idea and and took you to the next step of being like, let's put the show together? Okay, I'll tell you, Tom. We had a, a, a six piece sort of um, comedy show band, which were the thing of the time in the seventies. And then we took the front of the, that, of the, that front line, which is uh, myself and, and two ladies. Uh, and one of them is the mother of, of, uh, of, of, uh, of the guitar player now. And we had an act called Physical. And we traveled all, all over Europe, and in fact, all over, the, all, all over the world, in the Middle East and Far East. We came back to this country, and we were offered to go into a rock and roll show and contribute to it. So, um, so we did just that. And then, and then I, I sort of said to the producer of the show, we could, this show could be much better if we, if we eliminated the actual act and made everything into one big production. And he said, well, go for it. Try directing it and doing it. That's where it came from. We, physical itself was a mini, mini version of that'll be the day. And so it, we then had all the, 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 the advantages of having a live band and doing what we want. And gradually over the years, like a football team almost, mo moving one player out and moving a better player into that position. And, and that's how it's grown over the years. And, and so the quality of, of, of the performance now is, is superb. And, but the, the general uh, formula stays the same. We, we want to mix people having a good time, having a good laugh, and then mix it with some fantastically played and sung music uh, from, 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 from the ages of pop, the, the gold pop music. I mean, I don't, it, it sounds like a, a bit of a funny thing, but, 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 but many people say they were, at that time, too young for you, Tom, you weren't even born. But that, that creative period of the 60s, from the Beatles, from, from, the, from 1962, 63, to the end of the 60s, was one of the most magical periods to be in music. And, and people still remember this. So part, we don't, the whole show isn't there, but we, you always feature that, that part of me. It, it brings back a lot of happy memories for people. I don't know if uh, people love it, you know, because they don't associate our audience. I don't think we'll be able to make that with the day rap version in 20 years from time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Well, never say never. Never say never, Trevor. <laughs> 
Well, uh, Trevor, I know you're very busy. You've got a lot to get on with and you've got another gig on tonight. So uh, I, I think we'll, we'll probably call it there. But thank you so much for coming on to talk to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I understand that that will be the day we'll be returning to uh, Eastbourne for a Christmas show on the 14th and 15th of December. So we're looking forward to uh, to seeing it all again with a festive theme. Those Christmas shows were were, were some of the best uh, uh, memories we can remember from the from the theatre in, in Eastbourne. Um, the people used to come in every, every year and watch those shows. We change that show every year, so we're really looking forward to having a double Christmas show down there, and then, and we'll get everybody. And a pretty brilliant dates, 14th and 15th of December. You know, people are right into it, and they can have a great. So they come down and they go out feeling Christmassy. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the that's the goal. Well, thank you so much again, Trevor, and uh, really looking forward to uh, to seeing you when you come back down. Thanks, I'm pleasure. Thank you so much, Trevor, for that wonderful interview. Next up, I'll be speaking to Darren Brown. But just before then, I wanted to take a moment to let you guys know what's going on at your local theatre in the coming weeks. Coming up at the Congress, we have Rob Lamberti's stunning celebration of the songs and music of George Michael. That's on Thursday, the 7th of October. Also, we've got Rod Gilbert's hotly anticipated The Book of John. That's on Saturday, the 9th of October. And finally, last but not least, a personal childhood favourite of mine, Bedknobs and Broomsticks the Musical will be coming to the Congress from the 13th to the 17th of October. And if you stick around to the end of the episode, we've actually got a little, uh, a little musical medley from that for you, a little sneak peek. So I'm here with Darren Brown, award-winning master of mind control and psychological illusion. And I'm not just saying that because I've been hypnotised. Darren, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm uh, I'm extremely good, thank you. I've, I've got a day off. I've come home. I've greeted the dogs, and I'm trying to rest my voice a little bit, which is a, a great day to be podcasting. Yes, uh, and I'm uh, enjoying some home comforts, like uh, like I had a bath. That was very nice. What a novelty! Yeah, I suppose when you're when you're out on the road, it's uh, it's nice to get back and get into the creature comforts. It, it's very yeah, it's very nice indeed. I moved out to the country a little while back, and uh, <clears throat> as have a lot of people, and it's uh, yeah, it's nice, very nice to return to. Wonderful, wonderful. You're coming to the Congress in November with your brand new show, uh, the first brand new one in six years. That's Showman. I know you're trying to keep the contents of the show under wraps. You know, you want to keep the surprises. But um, if anything, what can you tell us about what to expect? Well, um, if people haven't seen any of my shows before. I don't know who they are, but if there are any such beings, um, then it's it's a lot of audience participation. I throw frisbees out to uh, select people at random, which also then means you don't have to get involved if you don't want to. You can pass the frisbee to somebody else. Um, so it's uh, there's a lot of audience participation. It's a... Uh, and in terms of the, the feel of the shows, it's a very it's a very personal show, which is sort of quite different from previous ones. Um, it is, I, I, I try and come up with something that you wouldn't get anywhere else. So it's, um, it's not really, I mean, it's sort of a magic show, but it's not a magic show. And it's, it's um, definitely theatre, I think, in a way that, you know, magic shows and the like normally aren't really. People laugh, people cry, people, uh, it's, it's a kind of an emotional um, roller coaster. It's also a show very much, I think, for the moment. And it, um, it was due to go out 
the day that lockdown first started and then obviously that didn't happen and it got delayed and delayed but actually having that time allowed us the three of us that write the show together to revisit it and actually the, the if there's a theme to the show it was and is that the things in life that we feel isolate us actually are the things that tend to bring us together you know when we're feeling that we've failed or that we you know that life is difficult we can you know we do tend to feel isolated but actually we're sharing in the human experience at that point you know that sort of that is the that's sort of the the, the weight of life um and then of course we went, we went through lockdown which was a very literal play out of that feeling of how the things that isolate us actually are the things that we share and um so anyway so we've sort of lent back into that a bit so it's ended up being i think i think it feels like a cathartic and uh lovely and touching and um quite sort of quite emotional um thing for the moment which which was sort of a wonderfully kind of positive um thing to take from from the last couple of years so it's not mm. it's not a show about lockdown it's not a show about that but it just i think it sits very well um coming out of all that now sort of rhymes with the context quite well hmm. so i understand a, a lot of the show obviously is is led by um the audience in a in a sort of yeah. strange um turnaround way how do you find that with different places it, do, do you find there's a wide tonal variety in like you know the north and the south or um well i think what makes a difference is when there's a strong sense of a community in the city so then you you get an audience that has a kind of there's a sense of like come on then show us what you got which is very much a group a group thing um and then you get other places that there isn't really a community because you know there are some theatres they're just placing people sort of come in from other places like maybe like Milton Keynes for example mm. it's like a beautiful theatre and really lovely audiences but I wouldn't say there's like um there's not like generations and generations of Milton Keynesians that it's people coming in so it has a different feel it's um as opposed to like like I've just come from Sunderland for example and that's mm. that's very much a community feel and then you go like I played Broadway last year and New York is a city that's full of strong individual characters and very little sense of community again. So you have this thing of people narrating their experience. So like, I'd be, you know, there's a no way and like people shouting things out that, that you, you know, you wouldn't really get here at all. So that's another thing. So yeah, it really varies. And, and then, uh, so the start of each week, you really notice the contrast in the previous week. And then by the end of the week, you've sort of got used to it. Uh, and then it, it all kicks off again the next week. But that is, it's part of the joy of doing a show like this. And then also there are other things like just the, the acoustics of the building. Sometimes mm. you can have a really lively audience. You just can't hear, you only hear the front row. It's like you're doing a rehearsal. It's sort of a bit, <laughs> again, you kind of, you know, you do get used to it during the week. So yeah, every, every venue is different. Every audience is different, but it is. And again, I think this is unusual for shows for a sort of, a sort of a magic show is that it's, it's about the audience. It isn't about me. And I, th I think, a thing with a thing with magicians generally is they tend to make it about them, um, and this isn't. It's very much a show about, as I said, what brings us together, and and about the aud the audience experience. Um, my toolkit uh, for the sort of things that I do, which are very psychological in nature as opposed to conjuring. Hmm. Uh, my toolkit is is the story that an audience is telling itself. My my starting point is always, you know, there's a whatever, 1,500 people locked in a room with me and what what could we all go through? You know, what what journey could I take them on? Um, that's a lovely starting point. Um, it's, and it's also just been, it's been a while since I've, I've, I've just, I'm quite early into the tour now and I was quite, it's quite a long one. Like I'm playing all next year as well. And it's just, 
it's really exciting just getting back into that. Mm. Just that feeling of any room of people is is bizarre and exciting. And absolutely. Um, uh, so that's all exciting. And then um, also within that, having to be quite careful still because I'm I am touring through every bit of the country. So I'm I'm having to be more yeah. careful about COVID than most of the audience side. Yeah. So people that are coming up in a very interactive show. We do have to be, you know, we have to be careful of sanitizing and all that stuff, and I have to be, be careful about how close we're all standing and that. So that's an interesting thing to be navigating as well. So yeah, it's all it's all really exciting. It's really fun. I just I adore it. It's my it's my favorite thing to do, and I think this this show in particular, I think, is my favorite of of them all. And so far, the kind of reviews and response seems to echo that as well, which is which is very nice. Excellent. So the last time you were in Eastbourne um, feels like a thousand years ago. Now. It was a thousand years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be why. Um, but the last time you were here, you uh, played at the Devonshire Park Theatre, which, as you all know, lovely venue, um, yeah. but a lot smaller than the Congress that you're going to be um, performing yes. in uh, this time around. How do you find, with sort of the different scales of venues... Mm-hmm. Do you find that your skills translate well into sort of larger places where you kind of, for want of a better word, need to fill that space? Or do you prefer like smaller venues? It's a very intimate show and it's a very intimate show in a large space as well. Mm. So when, when I, so normally I played the Congress and I think that the Devonshire Dem- Park was gorgeous, but it was an exception, I think, because the Congress wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, speaking personally, in terms of the feel of it, um, it doesn't make a lot of difference on the stage. I mean, you're kind of, generally staring into a spotlight um, and I'm having to be careful to bring everybody in and involve everybody. Um, but it's, it's just by its nature, a very, a very, I'd be different if it was a stadium, if you're playing a stadium, I think that would be, that would take an entire restructuring of, mm. of what that would mean to perform there. But um, certainly up to three, 4,000 people, I think it still feels very intimate Um so I, uh, in fact, when I played off Broadway, so that's, which is, and I think the rule between on and off Broadway is the number of seats. Uh, there's a bit of geography involved, but it's based on number of seats. I think it's 400 or something is, is the, so I played off Broadway. So that was under 400, which was, was very small for me. So in order to get used to that, I did a, um, a run in London at the um, Charing Cross Theatre, which again was very small. And that, that was a, that was a, had a different, that was a, a, a bit of a shock to the system for like a minute. And then again, it's just, it the, the because the show is rooted in, it's such a personal thing for everybody. I don't mean for me, but for the experience is always is a, a personal one. It's just sort of, it just sits very comfortably and I think in, in, in either space. And I, um, uh, I remember actually that one of the reviews from Broadway was saying that it, it suited the bigger space. That, so the actual Broadway, Broadway show, mm. Better. He actually felt weirdly it was more intimate, and that was again the, the size and shape of the house makes such a difference. The, the off-Broadway thing was smaller, but it actually felt like a cavernous room, whereas mm-hmm. the, the theatre that, that followed didn't. So it's all those things. I find um, the only thing that really makes a difference on stage is how much you can hear the audience. Mm. So four hundred people that you can hear is much more enlivening than two thousand people that you you just can't because of just the acoustic nature of the. Uh, of the building. So sometimes like cons- concert halls can feel a little bit dispiriting. That does, that does. I imagine a bit sort of surreal as well. Like you're seeing all of these faces, but hearing not a lot. <laughs> it's just a very jarring. <laughs> yeah. They're so, exactly. They're so bright. They have these sort of orange floors. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. That's that, that kind of thing can be a little bit odd. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it's a delight. Also with Eastbourne, I'm, I, there's a long history of magic conventions that go on there. So for many years, I was going to the Congress. So that's always really exciting coming back. I feel a bit like a homecoming in a weird kind of way. Yeah, it is. It is. A, it is. It's got this very nice. Um, because I know what it's like to sit and look at someone on that stage. It, it, it's a, like Bristol's for example. I, I used to live in um, Bristol for a long time. So playing the Hippodrome there, I'd seen, I've seen so many productions there myself. It's always a little bit mm -hmm. extra exciting. I suppose this will also be your first time in the, uh, in the brand new and improved Congress as well. So I'll, uh... I'm yeah, looking forward to that. I'm quite, quite excited to see what that's like. So Darren, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. It's been great. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, you'll be performing Showman at the Congress Theatre on the 4th, 5th and 6th of November. Um, so listeners, do book your tickets for that. Uh, and Darren, I understand you have an appeal for those who are coming or considering coming to uh, bring something with them. Yes, yes. Well remembered, Tom. Thank you. So I'm asking people to do this in every venue. Um, if you're coming to see the show or you know someone that is, bring with you an object from home that has sentimental value to you, that has personal meaning. It just needs to be small enough that you could hold it in your hands, that you could hide it in both of your hands. And obviously, you know, keep it keep it safe. Don't lose it in the dark. Um, but yeah, if you can bring something with you that has personal significance, um, sentimental meaning, maybe even a little bit of a story behind it, that would be wonderful and very helpful and will play a part in the show. Huge thank you once again to both our guests, Trevor and Darren. As I mentioned before, that will be the day's Christmas show and Darren Brown Showman are both available to book right now on our website. Don't forget, if you are coming to see Showman, make sure to bring a little personal object along with you. I've got no doubt that there's something very, very cool in store for that. Next episode, we'll be coming to you direct from our Panto launch, where I'll be asking the question, what exactly goes into making a pantomime? I mean, we see everything go up on stage every year, but there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes, and we're really hoping to be able to shine a light on that and share it with you guys. If you enjoyed listening, please be sure to share the podcast with your friends, leave a rating, and don't forget to subscribe. As always, you can find more information about any of the shows mentioned today and many more at eastbourntheatres.co.uk. But with all that out of the way, we'd like to leave you with a little musical medley that we got straight from the rehearsals of Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll speak to you again next time. You must face the age of not believing, doubting everything you ever knew, until at last you start believing there's something wonderful, truly wonderful in you. Portobello Road, Portobello Road, streets where the riches of ages are stowed. Anything and everything a chap can unload is sold off the barrow in Portobello Road. Tricks and Tricks and Tricks and Tricks and